welcome. My name is Glenn Lundy. Super excited to be launching our new Breakfast with Champions podcast. Can you believe it? That's right. The Breakfast with Champions podcast has finally arrived. This is your opportunity to get motivation, education, and inspiration every single day. And ultimately, your opportunity to get a seat at the table, to be a fly on the wall, to listen in to some conversations between some of the most amazing superhumans from around the planet. We're talking about people that are doing the things you know you can do, that have reached some of those levels you know you can reach. We've got celebrity interviews with people like Tiffany Haddish and Grant Cardone, Lauren Rittiger. We've got specialists in areas like capital ventures, right? Or wealth building, wealth management, real estate, all kinds of incredible conversations. And what's amazing about the Breakfast with Champions podcast is you're going to be able to tune in, listen in. They won't even know you're there, right? It's just like you're, you're, you're listening in on all these incredible secrets of some of the most successful humans from all around the world. You know, when we launched Breakfast with Champions, we had no idea of the power that it was gonna have. We had no idea of the collaborations it would create. We had no idea that we'd be able to connect humans from England and Australia and Saigon and America, of course, all together in one room having powerful conversations that elevate everyone in the experience. Listen, if you like these episodes of Breakfast with Champions, do me a huge favor and let us know. We would greatly appreciate it. We pour into this. You're going to get five to six hours of content every single day, Monday through Friday, five days a week. You can keep coming back. So make sure you subscribe to the podcast. We'd appreciate it. Drop your comments, share your thoughts and your reviews. It would mean the world to us if you would do that. And in exchange, we promise you that we will always create a space, a safe space where you can come. You're not going to get politics here. It's not going to happen. You'll never see any type of division in here. It's actually exactly the opposite. We have a bunch of different people with different belief systems, different upbringing, different backgrounds. We've got people from all different ethnicities all coming together. But the one thing that we share is everyone in this room shares the same heart. And it is a heart to elevate you, to encourage you, to inspire you, and to help you become the absolute best version of yourself that you can possibly be. So if you would, do us a favor, write those reviews, subscribe to the podcast, tell your friends. We're going to be here, and we hope that you will be too. Enjoy Breakfast with Champions. You'll see there in the notes that you can skip forward. You can move back. If you need to pause it for a minute, you'll now have that opportunity to do so. We do record these daily on Clubhouse. We have a Breakfast with Champions Club there, or you can follow me, Glenn Lundy. If you'd like to see those rooms, if that's an app that you enjoy, you can always come in and tune in live, or of course, just sit back and enjoy right here on the podcast and anywhere your podcast can be found. It is such an honor and a privilege to be able to spend this time with you. I know that there are a trillion places you could have chose to be. You chose to be right here with us on Breakfast with Champions. And that means the world to me. And I absolutely stinking love you for it. So with that said, we are excited to launch the new Breakfast with Champions podcast. Thanks so much. Like I stated earlier, my name is Alexander Gonzalez. I'm coming to you live from St. Petersburg, Florida. 
I love the topic of conversation today. One mindset shift for networking. And it's awesome because this week we'll be talking about networking. And today I'm gonna to be bringing you a friend of mine that I got to meet through networking right here on Clubhouse. So it's someone that all of you know and love, but maybe many of you haven't actually heard her full story. And so I'm excited to get to know her more. I'm excited to highlight this champion who not only is the queen of networking, because everyone knows who she is, everyone loves her, she's also the queen of acts of service. Um, one of the most giving, kind person who's always making sure everyone's segment is going as perfectly as possible and that is Dora Maria so if you know who Dora Maria is do me a favor and unmute your mic and I want to hear I love you Dora I love you Dora, I love you, Dora Maria love you Dora, love you, Dora. <laughs> Dora are you here with me sister oh I sure am <laughs> how did that feel <laughs> oh that felt warm it's a very Today, so it definitely felt warm. Thank you. Oh, good. Okay, so I'm really excited. I'm not going to lie. I'm so excited to delve into this. You've given us little highlights of your childhood. Um, we know that you grew up in New York City. We know that you grew up um, to parents that were entrepreneurs. You were even on the board of those companies. You, we also know that you do everything for everyone in your family and everything for everyone around you. And to know Dora Maria is to have someone who's always got your back. Were you always like this? Talk to me a little bit more about your childhood. And just so you know, unmute and then speak because we're getting the first couple words cut off for some reason. That happens sometimes. But um, do me, tell me, how did your childhood start? Tell me all the things from like little Dora Maria. Oof, okay. Um, can you hear me now without problem? Yes, much better. Okay, sweet. Um, well, for me, I was like one of those miracle babies, right? Um, my parents had a really bad car accident in the winter. I was born in the winter. My birthday's in March. Um, and my mom protecting me and her belly ended up going through the windshield and got 72 stitches in her forehead. So I'm girl number three. So they quickly had boys after me. Um, they were looking for the boy, clearly. <laughs> um, but as I was growing up, I just always felt like I owed my mom like for saving my life like she literally saved me um they told her that they didn't hear a heartbeat i mean they were preparing her for a stillborn death the whole nine and i was born they said i was gonna have developmental pra all the things and i came out opposite everything they said i was gonna have and it, growing up it was just like i i my mom's sacrifice can't be in vain like i have to do right by her and i was a middle child right so i always wanted to maintain peace and what's getting you upset that this isn't done okay so let me help you get that done so that there's less strife later and one of the things that my dad used to drive my dad crazy was to find everyone's book bags right at the door with all of our book uh, jackets so right before my dad came in the door i would run around the house to make sure everything is where was where it was supposed to be to make sure my father didn't come in yelling and screaming at us and it just made things for a better household experience, right? So we had my grandparents also living with us. So we were just interpreters for them. We weren't allowed to speak English in the house anyway, but we were just always helping my grandparents. And then my uncles and aunts that came, um, they used, my house was the one-stop shop. You came there, 
you got yourself on your feet and then you moved on. So we, we were always ingrained with that. You help your family and you help those around you. And when we were growing up, we always had elderly people around us. So, you know, my, we were always like, can we go help the, you know, the people next door a shovel? Because that's an old lady. She's, she's really not going to be able to shovel all that. And we just wanted to go outside. And my dad would be like, okay, go ahead. And so we would go help shovel the snow for the neighbors, things like that. And, and that's how I was raised. Like it was a given, like, that's how you were supposed to be like, just of service to your family, but also to those around you, your community, because that made the community better. Right. So. Okay. So this brings up so much for me. I'm so excited about this interview right now. You don't even know <laughs> because th that's such great insight. Right. So let's talk about this now. You, how many of you total? You're the middle of five? Five. Five, yes. Okay, see, I'm I remember, I listen, I listen. <laughs> okay, so you're the middle of five, two girls above, two girls below, and you were kind of the one that kind of made sure that if there was strife at home, you could do everything in your power to minimize that strife so that everyone kind of was harmonious. Is that is that a pretty good assertion or, uh, you know, affirmation of who you were? Yeah, two older sisters and then two younger brothers. Perfect. And so my question is this, at the age, if I'm not mistaken, it was around the age of 14 or so when mommy passed away, correct? No, you were younger. I, I was in college. You were in college. Yeah, I was in my 20s. You were in your 20s. So yeah, uh -huh, go ahead. Go ahead. What were you going to say? Okay. No, um, that was something that was unexpected, right? Like my mom ended up having like, right when I like finished high school, my mom had an appendix like that blue. And so she was rushed to the hospital and she was fine. So in my mind, I always saw my mom as like, you know, in the cartoons when like, I don't know if you've seen the, the wild coyote, it doesn't matter how many times he blew up, he always came back. That's right. how I saw my, my parents. Like they couldn't, it didn't matter what happened. They would always make it through. So in my mind, when they gave her 30 days to live, for cancer, I was like, no, she's gonna make it through this. She was gonna, she's gonna be fine. And in my mind, I always thought that she would, she would be here today. You know, it just never, it never entered my mind ever that she was gonna go. So, hmm. how? So it, it's funny because I know that now it's been several years, and and obviously it's something that you know, I, I don't know if one ever gets over. Um, you know, but you learn to kind of live with it. But I can still hear. A little bit of the hurt and it's interesting knowing that the way that you came into this world you know right before you came into this world that your mom was the superhero that flew through the window to protect her baby in her belly and so you kind of had this glorified notion that she would always be around no matter what from birth and you also it sounded like felt that you had a little bit of um a responsibility to live a life that was worthy of your mom's sacrifice. Is that is that safe to say? Oh yeah, yeah. Even even growing up, like I would like I would see her have a headache, and that would remind me like that's the headache because she, the windshield. Like I would always tell her, go lay down, I got it. And so I learned to cook very young because it was like, mom, I got it, I got dinner, I got the laundry, don't worry. I, and then she would say, are you gonna help your brothers with their homework? I'm like, ah, okay, I'll do that too. And then she would go and lay down. But it was just something that it just always reminded me, like, she sacrificed for me. So she really needs to go and lay down and feel better. Right. So, um, yeah. That's so interesting. And so did you ever get relieved of that 
notion that you owed her something? Did she ever make you clearly understand that as a mother, there was no way on earth that she was going to do anything but protect your, your child in her belly and that you owed her nothing because your life was gift enough, as I know that it was? She would say it all the time. And, and as I was taking her to chemo and radiation, like it, I was in Miami at the time they were living there. Um, I would literally get up early to, cause she always had like really early eight o'clock appointments. I don't know why they make those appointments so early, but to beat the traffic, I used to head downtown really early and we used to catch the sun rising. And I used to tell her, mom, I'm gifting you the sunrise every time we went and did that. And, and you know, I was in college. I didn't even, I mean, I had little part-time jobs and stuff, but I didn't have anything to really give her. And I, and like today, like today would have been so different if she was alive. Right. But at that moment it was like, that's what I would gift her. Like the sunrise or the sunset and things like that. And she would, you know, she would just really, really appreciate those moments. So for me, I never saw like, I saw gifts that you would give somebody priceless. Like it's nothing that money can buy. Mm -hmm. And what's best is that the gift in all of that was really your presence. Yeah, the sunset was amazing. Yes, getting there early to take her to chemo. And gosh, Dora, you're such an incredible human being. <laughs> like, I hope that when I grew up, <laughs> I'm an iota of the human that you are. Like, truly, you're such a giver. And, and I'm pretty sure I'm, I'm older than you. I don't even know. So, But you know what I mean when I say when I grew up. But you're such a servant-hearted person. And so, you know, come college, you know, your mom's going through chemo. They give her 30 days. This superhero, indestructible human that you've always looked up to, that you always gave the gift of sunset, the gift of service, the gift of making sure that she could rest so that she, you know, you took care of everything. She passes and she goes on to be with our Heavenly Father. What happened in that moment to you when you lose your mom? How, what was that for you? Oh my God. Um, I, I wasn't a very nice person that day. My sister, one of my sisters was with me in the hospital um, and my sister was a doctor. So I looked at my sister because this was Mother's Day morning. And I looked at my sister and I said, you're a doctor. Can't you just do something? And I, I later on apologized to my sister. But in that moment, oh my God, I just wasn't ready to let go. And when I was a kid, like five years old, I made my mom promise that she would be there forever. And why do parents promise and agree to silly things? I don't know, but she did. And so I would always like be like, well, mom, you, you promised you'd be there forever. So like that didn't even occur to me that you wouldn't even be here. So that was like the first time I actually saw her in a hospital connected to many machines. And I told her, I said, mom, if you're holding on for me, I can't see you like this. Like, I'm going to be fine. But in my mind, I'm like, oh, I know she's going to make it through this. And as I was sitting there and she flight lined that morning, this nurse came in and said, happy Mother's Day. And I just looked at her and I just, that's when it hit me that she was gone. And it was just like the nurse hadn't realized that she had flatlined. And it was just such an emotional morning. And my sister sitting right next to me and all I could tell her was, can't you do something? You're a doctor. And she bursted out crying. And then I'm, I was just hugging her and I'm just like, okay, I lied to her. I'm not going to be okay. Can we just retract that? <laughs> and it was just a very emotional day. It was like a blur. I don't even know what family went. I don't even know who was there, who wasn't there. 
Um, but like when I go to Miami, that's I I usually just I definitely pass by her. She's buried there in the cemetery, and I usually pass by and and just clean her like grave and leave her flowers and you know I just like connect with her because I feel like for me I know the things that she told me right before she died. Like I was the one who was sleeping with her every night in case she needed something because everybody else was a they just didn't sleep well. I'm I'm a type of person when I go to sleep in a corner I don't move. And she would always tell me, leave people better than you found them. Keep in mind that there are fake people out there. They're not all your friends, but leave people than you found them. And if you can't say something nice, leave them be. And then she would tell me, if your dad finds someone else, it's okay by me. And I would be like, but you're not going anywhere. <laughs> so it was just, yeah. She would tell me that like almost every night. It was just like, okay, mom, got it. <laughs> so leave people better than you found them. Yeah. If you have nothing nice to say, leave people be. Yeah. And your dad can be with someone else. I love that. She sounds like a fiery human being. And I would love to have met her. How, how did having her as your mother, the way that you came into the world and all these things, how did all of that shape you to become who you've become? Um, as I was growing up, because my brothers were literally, literally right behind me, I would always grow up like with my dad telling me, oh, you can't do that. And I would ask him why. And he would say, because you're a girl. And then I would run to my mom and I was like, mom, dad said that I can't do this because I'm a girl. And then my mom would, would, would just tell me like, but can you do it? And I'm like, yeah. Then she goes and go ahead and do it. She would like, like that thick hey listeners if you enjoy listening to breakfast with champions we can bet you care about your daily routine do you want to know the secret to the perfect routine it's the perfect morning glenn has written a free ebook called the morning five five simple steps to an extraordinary morning if you can transform your morning you can transform your life head on over to themorning5.com to learn more about the five ways you can change the way you start your day skin of you can't do something and turning that into the fuel that fueled me was because of her. And where do you get the acts of service from? Um, because it sounds like you served her a lot. So was it having to be the guilt kind of of feeling like, you know, your mom protected you and so you had to take care of her? Did that just kind of create this? And, and then also, you know, so that Poppy wouldn't come home and be upset. You'd get all the backpacks. Like, were you just constantly solving the problems of those around you and in turn access service became kind of like an innate because i mean if i think about grow for god you bringing you know the chargers of, of every single potential you know type of charger that anyone you need you have it readily available in case someone needs it um, and all these different things that i've seen you do for people you're always checking to see if the mics are flashing who the person's speaking if someone's in the audience and we need to pull you're constantly serving the greater good of, of Breakfast of Champions, constantly serving the greater good of whatever moderator is speaking. Even in person, I'm one of the blessed people that got to meet Dora Maria in person at Grow for God. You were just a servant's heart constantly. Where does that come from? And, and does it fulfill you to be a servant? Or, or do you sometimes, does it sometimes frustrate you that maybe people don't do things on their own? I don't, I don't look at it that way. Like, even in school, like I remember one of my favorite, favorite teachers, like she was just such a great, like she was a, a teacher, but it wasn't like one of these teachers, like my one of my math teachers. It was like when you didn't get something right, she would just embarrass you in front of the class and stuff. 
But this other teacher, oh my goodness, she was just so encouraging. And she really encouraged the learning in the classroom. And a couple of times I would come in, there was no chalk. I would run down the hall, get chalk and get the eraser for her from the, the like the office. And I would run back to the class to give it, like put it on there. So she wouldn't even notice it was me. Um, after a while, she noticed it was me, but it was just like, I wanted her to shine. You know, when the first time she noticed there was no chalk there, it kind of like took her off her mojo. So I don't know. I just, for me, if I see someone that's super awesome, I, I just want to see them shine. I don't, I don't ever want someone to feel less than like, even my grandmother, like I took care of her until I was her caregiver and she didn't want to live with anybody else. And when I asked her, like, why don't you want to live with anybody else? And she was just like, because you make me feel like a human being. Everyone else treats me like an old lady and I'm, I'm not that old. And I was like laughing with her because I'm like, no, grandma, you're gonna be young forever. And she would just always tell everybody like, no, you, you guys always treat me like an old lady. And I was like, that always hit me. Like you treat people with kindness and you let them shine, like let them be happy. Like I knew my grandmother just loved being around nature and parks and flowers. And I made it a priority for me to make sure she did those things when she was living with other people in my family, like my aunt and like her, my father, like they wouldn't take her to parks or things like that. You know, so it was just like they treated her like an old lady. So for me, it was just like, wow, like I need to understand that people are motivated by just an act of kindness. And if a smile is going to make your day a better day, why not? It doesn't cost me anything. Right. So. I love that so much. So do you find it that it's part of your mission to help others shine? I, I just always saw it as if I don't help them shine, the, like even with my teacher, right? The class lost out on, on her being on her mojo that day, right? Like she even forgot our, our assignments, like to check them. And then we had homework the next day, which complicated the homework the next day. But just little things like that, like I wanna see the person shine and that, that never takes away from me as a person, like to help somebody else. Like if I see something that I can help to make you shine, I'm gonna tell you, I'm like, hey, you know, like, like Will Pimble that day with the, with his, uh, the, the audio. I was, I was like, man, it was awesome. And then I told him, P.S., your audio was a little off, so it was hard to hear you. Here are some tips <laughs> so that your audio is better and we can really hear you because I just felt like people need to hear him. And it was, he was just so like, I was, because I'm a very blunt person. And so it was just like, I just normally am a blunt person. So it was just really funny, but it, I just, it's something that's just second nature. And I, I sometimes can't help myself. And my sister will tell me, I have one of my older sisters that will tell me, you cannot fix the world, just let it be. And I was like, no, but if I just do this one little thing, they would be better. And so I, I hear you. I, I think it's something that I was a helpaholic. I went, I've gotten to, you know, HA a lot and I've toned it down, but I still, I see opportunities and I'm like, oh, if I could, that person could just do that, it would be so much better. And I just learned to share that, you know, it's just, if all of us would just be kind and help other people shine, this world would be a much better place. Oof, I love you so much. I love also that you went to HA Helpers Anonymous. <laughs> Hi, my name is Dora Maria and I am a alcoholic. <laughs> my question is this, what makes Dora Maria shine? Um, for me, honestly, like, uh, when other people shine, it's easy for me to shine. 
I'm an introvert. Okay, okay, so okay. It's, it's I don't I'm want it about other people, Dora. Right? I don't care about no one else. What makes <laughs> Dora Maria shine? I don't care what causes it to shine, but why? Like, how do you shine brightly? Alexander, don't, 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 let escape. don't let Dora Maria escape, Alexander. Get her. <laughs> I'm not, I'm not. I want it to be about you. Well, to be honest with you, I have to. I have to look at myself and if I know that I haven't been a, a good human being to myself and other people, like that is what takes me off my, my mojo. Like I need to know that I've been a human being to myself, to others around me. And, and that's really what fuels my, my motivation. That really is it. It's, it's just simple. It's, I'm not a complicated person at all. Um, You're not, I, I love that about you, but in the same respect, I want you to know, so, okay, we're going to get back to this because I, I'm left a little wanting more on that question, but I'd also want the audience to know what it is that you flip and do. And, and, and so talk to me, you go through college, you suffer a horrible loss, but you still finish, you still get your degree. What's your degree in? What is it ultimate that you do for a living? Like what pays Dora Maria's bills? Cause I know it's not getting hot mics on here. Oh my Lord. Um, and, and I'm going to be honest here. Like when my mom passed away, um, I almost quit college. Um, I, I going to college in itself was a major ordeal in my household. I had, my dad wanted me to go, to go back to the Dominican Republic because they had moved back. And then I had said, I can't go study engineering in a country where the light goes every day. And that was hysterically like my, like, this is my stick in the ground and I'm sticking to this. And my dad was like, well, then you're on your own. Forget about any support, you're on your own. And I would be like, okay. And then of course my grandparents got, I mean, this was like a family affair about me going to college. So I finally get in. And then when my mom passes away, it's just like, I, I almost walked away. I honestly wasn't, I wasn't planning on going back. And I had an internship um, to NASA that I wasn't going to take. I had called them and, and told them I was not going. And like two weeks later with my family driving me crazy every five minutes, like, oh, how are you doing? How are you feeling? And I was just like, I am fine. I am fine. <laughs> I was just like, let me go to my internship. Let me just go back to college. And just what fueled me really was that my mom's sacrifice could just not be in vain. Like my mom did a lot for us to not just be here in this world, but like for me, especially to be alive, I was like, mm. I got to make her proud, even if she's not physically here. Right. So I ended up going back and I went, I was an engineer. I was a software engineer. I uh, started my career at uh, IBM um, and then went to work for Bell Labs. So half of my career, I was a developer. Um, then I was trying to get out of that box and it took a bit, but I, I went to work for the financial services side and I became a, I supported a lot of the trading applications. And after that, I became a project manager and then started managing a lot of the conferences and events and trainings and demos. Um, and I did that for a good spell um, before I went to work um, now in a tech company where I'm a program manager. I'm in charge of all the training for all of the tech software engineers that come in. And I kind of shape some of the things for the interns. We have apprentices also, which are high school students. And so I, I kind of organize the, the, their curriculum as well for their training and how to learn how to code and get themselves started in that space. Um, but that's what pays the bills now. Um, but that's, that's me in a nutshell. What I love about it is even in that, you found a role where you're giving back to the youth, which I know is something that's important to you. You're, you're, you're organizing things so that people are better prepared for their success. <laughs> 
It feels like you found the role of your dreams. And you know what? I what? really do actually believe that helping others shine makes you shine. I think that in most cases, that's actually a cop out. <laughs> but I actually think when it comes to you, like you really are that human being. And I have to tell you, Dora Maria, and the, the time that I've gotten to chat with you and the time that I've gotten to know you those last you know, year, you're one of the closest, you're one of the most Christ-like people I've ever met. You're one of the people that's the most like Christ to walk this earth, in my opinion. I have to tell you that. You are such a servant. You make others shine brightly. You're happy when they shine. And you're so excited for all of their continued success, whether or not it affects your success at all. And I find you to just be such a captivating human for being that way. I know we don't have a lot of time and then we're going to start the awesome Rise and Grind show. I wish I had an hour to delve even more into because we just got to hear about your family and a little about your career. But I want to know more about what breaks down Dora Maria because you're just so fascinating that you can wake up every single day and have your cup be filled by filling up other people's cups. And so it's so interesting. I've never met someone that can do it so freely and so truly. But in these last four minutes, I'd love for two or three people who have love for Dora to just unmute and give them, give her love. Because as she always is filling up our cups, so she's always doing things for us. Hey, I Alexander, want to make sure that, yes, in. go ahead. Hey, go Alexander, ahead. I'm jumping in because it's Barbara and you got, we're down to four minutes. So Dora Maria, I'm so grateful our paths have crossed here on this app. And we've also met in person. I know you're coming down to Miami. I just want to applaud you sharing your story and your journey because I know it landed with me. I had no idea that your mother passed from cancer and I am just listening from a different lens as a mother of three. And um, I tra traveled a cancer journey with my three children. Um, you said something that was so powerful that I, I really want to kind of um, not move past. And your father said, you can't do that because you're a girl. And your mother said you can do this because you are a girl in whatever incarnation of that story it lands. That's what landed for me. It's like your mother was like, of course you can, you can do anything you put your heart and mind to. And I really connected with your, with your mother and that story on that one. Um, you know, I'm, I'm so sorry for your loss, but as I texted you, your mother was telling you the truth when you, when you asked her, will she always be there? And she said, she'll always be there. Your mother is always with you, Dora Maria. A mother never leaves their children. Even if they leave in body, they're always there in spirit. So I know she's wrapping you in love right now. I'm grateful that you're sharing her with all of us this morning. And um, I love you for that. Can't wait to see you again in uh, Miami back to you alexander yes yeah, such a good point thank you barbara and i'd love to open it up for a couple more people to hey, give some okay so one go ahead go ahead this is dr maria i just want to say thank you so very much for not only sharing your story I, it really resonated with me as well because my mother also passed of cancer and this was my first time ever hearing it. And you just, you're just a beautiful person inside and out. It was an honor to not only get an opportunity to meet you in New York City, but just to see how you, you work in excellence and you definitely just 
show so much care for so many others. And I just want to let you know how much we truly appreciate you and just want you to know I love you. Thank you, Dora Maria. Yes, thank you, Renee. And there was really quickly, just me, if you me, have a, me, there was a, me, yeah, me, go me, ahead, me, say it really quickly. Me, 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 me. Hi, Alexander. I just want to say the, the the thing I think about most, and I, I met Dora Marie. I was with her the other night when we saw Stephen Kuhn. Um, the one thing I promise you, promise you that stays with me so often is how super prepared she was with her gift to Glenn when everyone was in New York. And oddly, I, w I live in New York and I didn't go. I wasn't able to. But she w showed up and gifted Glenn every single possible extension cord, every single possible plug or connector that she could think of that he might need when he's on his journey. And so she is the light and uh, she does shine bright just like Jesus Christ is the light and 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 she she is like a flashlight for him and helping helping his light shine through and and he does shine through her and I promise you, I think about how she gifted him all these things that she didn't really know what he needed, but she was there. She showed up a hundred thousand percent with with a gift just like just like the three the three um the three wise men the she just showed up men, yeah. with what she might need dora maria i'm so grateful so proud to know you as a human so proud to say that um you're in my world and i i look forward to seeing you again um and having lunch or dinner with you i can't express what my heart is feeling right now for this i i promise you i want to show up as prepared as she was gifting people what they need in their life. And I try to do that by help having people leave me feeling better once they leave me. And she Hello, inspires that. I do think of her often. Yeah, Maria, I'm sorry. It's House 7 o'clock, so we have sorry. to start the next Thank you for joining us on Breakfast with Champions. If you want to catch the live version, you can follow us on Clubhouse and listen from 5 a.m. to 11 a.m. Eastern Time, Monday through Friday, Saturday 6 to noon, and Sundays with our 111 Sunday service. Make sure you're keeping up with Breakfast with Champions and getting yourself a seat at the table.